0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another video from a Man Talks NRL Supercoach. In today's video, we are going through the roundup number 12 of round 12, another action-packed round just on the cusp of State of Origin. I'm recording on Sunday night and I'm hoping for some news um, and confirmed uh, New South Wales teams. We've heard a little bit of news about guys who are going to make their debuts, but if I do get uh, further news of the team um, before I finish um, editing the video, I will talk about that in this video as well. Otherwise, we'll just go through the games as per usual. And if you guys enjoy it, As always, we'd really appreciate a thumbs up on the video, and do please consider subscribing to the channel as well if you haven't done so already. The scores that I'll be going through, not all the games have yet been updated, um, so some of the scores will be final update, but some still will be um, the first count. Um, I'm currently sitting on 1,188, wasn't a great week, um, a Captain Cleary who didn't really go off as big um, as everyone was hoping for and, and expected, um, and I had a few dud scores as well thrown in there too, um, I let, some late withdrawals like Josh Shuster didn't also help, um, but yeah, so I crawled my way to a 1,188, hopefully I can update to around 1,200+, plus, which is probably looking around par for this week, so again, just another week where, you know, I'm just not able to make any real ground um, and started started to slip in the rankings, which isn't ideal, but let's get into the video. So I've just finished the game-by-game game breakdown and we've just got the New South Wales team so I thought I'd just go through it as well um, and all the kind of origin and non-origin player that I spoke about in the rest of the video obviously will be a, bit, a little bit different now that we've got the official New South Wales team for game one and I think Queensland are due to give theirs out uh, tomorrow on the, on the Monday that is. So for the Blues, I think there's not too many surprises overall. I think most of the surprises, I think, are going to be in the forwards. I think in the back line is probably what a lot of people are going to be expecting. So in terms of the back line, we've got James Sadescu at fullback. Brian Toto, I think that kind of news came out earlier today that he's going to be playing on the wing. Um, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Tobovich are going to be the centers, uh, and Josh Adokar is going to be the other winger. Uh, I believe Josh Adekar is probably going to be shifted to the left side um, alongside Luttrell um, to kind of counteract uh, Xavier Coase, because, you know, that was a big discussion point about Brian Toto coming into the side, That is that height might not be a good advantage against Xavier Coase, well, it would be a disadvantage, so it looks like Tom Jovojevic and Toto are going to be playing on the right side. God, that's a nice super coach combination, isn't it? Um, Jerome Loire has won the 5-8 spot, which I think a lot of people were probably predicting um, coming into this, given his club form, although for supercoach the past few weeks hasn't been good, so yeah. Toto and Luai are definitely big outs um, in terms of out in the round 13 playing numbers for Supercoach. And Nathan Cleary, the halfback, I mean, there's no questions about that, really. Yeah, in terms of the forwards, I think is where we're going to see a little bit of change um, and probably a little bit more super casual relevance in terms of who's in and who's out so Daniel Safidi uh, Damien Cook uh, the and Jake davoich are the forwards um, in the front row so Damien Cook um, obviously at hooker, has complete sense um, tovoich and Safidi you know Safidi has played really really well for New South Wales so far and had a good game against the um uh, against Sea Eagles today um, Tavoyich at uh, prop is actually a little bit very is very very interesting I think they really probably wanted to just get him into the team somewhere given in his previous Origin experience, but I don't think you could really have justified him playing out lock um, instead of say like Zay Yo Cam Murray, for, uh, for example. So I think that's why they've probably put him at prop. Um, and maybe potentially some of that is also uh, the injuries to Payne Haas, for example. So yeah, some interesting um, you know choice there with Jake Tavorich at the prop there. Um, in the back row, we've got Cam Murray playing on the edge along with Tarek Sims. Again, a bit of a surprise there. I think definitely part of that is with Frizell, um, you know, getting in, injured in the Sea Eagles game today. I think that's really played a part in why um, Tarek Sims has been named in the starting edge uh, for New South Wales. Um, and uh, Isaiah Yeo has been named at starting lock, which is, I think makes sense given his club combination with Luai um, and Cleary. Um, hopefully, that does help the, uh, help the Blues. Um, so yeah, real no surprise I think to see him playing at the starting for the lock role for um, for New South Wales. Jack White and gets the starting number four starting, So he gets the number fourteen utility role. And I think the talk, I think it kind of came out today that Lui and White were both in the camp, and it just depended on who was going to be the fourteen, who was going to be the six. And it makes sense, probably, in my opinion, to have White and be the fourteen. He's probably a little bit more versatile than Lui, a bit of a bigger body. You could probably put him anywhere in the back line maybe even play a little bit in the fourth, for example, is that big. So widen at 14 makes sense to me as to why he's not the starting 5'8", and that they've gone with Luan instead in that position. Uh, We've got two bench props in Junior Paula and Payne Haas. No real surprises there, in my opinion. Um, And Liam Martin coming into the 17, I think, is a bit of, not really a surprise, but he's probably in, given all the injuries. I think, you know, if we had, like, Victor Radley, Angus Krein, Frizzell, I don't think Liam Martin probably would have made the side. Um, But yeah, he's been named on the bench, and I think he'll do a job for New South Wales. Um, Appy Korosau is the 18th man for New South Wales. Really, really big. I think there's a lot of consideration about the 18th man given the concern about Matt Burton potentially filling that role, or like a Clint Gutherson. So given that they're not the 18th man, that really clears the path for them to play in round 13, which is really great news um, for anyone who's held on to either of those guys or brought on brought in like a Matt Burton this week. Um, so Gutherson probably going to be the best round 13 playing fullback option now. So I'm really glad that I've got him in the team. Obviously, I've lost a lot of points not getting turbo in that time, but Guther not being in the New South Wales um, you know 19 doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest, but I think there was some risk of him being the 18th man. Um, And Campbell Graham is the uh, 19th man as well as a second kind of backup reserve. So that's the New South Wales team. I think to an extent it's more or less kind of standard to what I think a lot of people were expecting. I think Brian To'o and Luai um, not being available in round 13 for supercoach purposes. To'o is so highly owned, I don't think, think it's going to really make a big difference. Luai a bit less so, but I think he would have had a lot of new owners in the past few weeks with Cam Monster being injured. Um, so again, I don't really think these are two big surprises. I think some notable exclusions who I think will be a play available for us in round 13 um, It's like a Tefita Panga Jr he'll be available for us, which is really useful. Uh, Ryan Madison, although pending a potential suspension for him, um, he might, you know, if he gets off, he'll be playing in round 13. Um, So that's really, really beneficial. As well as Clint Gutherson will be playing in round 13. So that's really, really helpful. Um, Those are the kind of key guys that I can think of off the top of my head, who there were some question marks over. But overall, I think the New South Wales Blues team is not very surprising. Uh, And we'll be very keen to see what the Queensland um, lineup is tomorrow as well. Uh, As I mentioned, there'll be a lot of players who I discuss in the rest of the video regarding origin and the information might not be so accurate as I recorded that prior to the actual team being released. So the first game of the round was the Brisbane Broncos taking on the Melbourne Storm, um, and the game kind of peed out, I think, the way that most people were gonna be expecting. Melbourne Storm taking this one very comfortably, 40 points to 12. Um, and the star of the show for the uh, Storm here was the Nico Hines and Bra- um, Brandon Smith. Now, Nico Hines, I put the vice captain on him, and I'm really, um, you know, upset, obviously, now in retrospect that I didn't do the vice captain loophole on him, I was really kind of umming and ahhing about the decision. Um, and in the end I decided that with the captaincy rate of Cleary being so high and against a prime opposition in the Bulldogs I felt it would be more impactful if I say loop times and Cleary went well Versus say if Cleary didn't do so well and I had a captaincy on him because he would be you know He was more pop- um, popular in terms of his captaincy percentage So I kind of just wanted to hedge it a little bit So I decided not to go with the vice-captain loophole But obviously in retrospect that probably would have been the right decision he had an amazing game, scoring 156, um, you know, having a hand in a few tries, scoring a try of his own. And Brandon Smith had a great game, scoring 110. Um, you know, he scored that really early try, also led on a try, I think, for Nelson osofa if, um, if I remember correctly. So he had a really, really big game. And coming off of last week's good performance as well, he rewarded a lot of, uh, of his new owners. Um, and they'll be very, very um, ecstatic, you know, with 110-point effort against the Broncos. Um, and a nice few run of games coming up coming up against the Titans in round 13 who again leaked a lot of points today as well So any of these storm players that you own like a Nico Hines, Brandon Smith Look like great acquisitions even George Jennings coming over with a 73 He did you know get a bit of an easy try just kind of picking up the The, the scraps of the Broncos you know they just kind of left the ball there and he picked it up <laughs> And ran all the way to the try line but a 73 from him He's actually had a few pretty good scores and actually probably is worth considering as well If you are looking at round 13 by coverage and Jerome Hughes with the 65 you know he looked threatening but he did not have kind of the end product in terms of try assists. Um, he did have a line break towards the end of the game, which did boost up his score a little bit, but only come out with 65, which isn't you know, it's, it's, a, it's still a decent score, but probably not what people are hoping for. You know, anyone who brought him in at his really, really high price. Um, and uh, Tui Kamikamika, also with a 60-point effort. Um, Josh Adakar with a 57, you know, he did score a try in this game as well. Cooper Johns, you know, scoring a try on his debut, which really was, you know, I'm sure we'll hear about that on the next Matty Johns Family podcast. <laughs> um, and they were the main performers out of the Melbourne Storm, out of the Broncos, you know, it was only really the forwards to speak of. You know, Jake Turpin probably made a bunch of tackles on his way to a 69. Tevita Panga, you know, 62 he just looked to offload as much as he could uh, as much as he could I think he had I think he finished the game with about seven to eight offloads It was crazy obviously probably I expect a lot of them weren't in weren't effective offloads, you know Half of them were on the, ended up on the floor Kobe heatherington with a 56 Milford just you know He scored 47, but he was just passing like crap I'll put it that way. I mean, his passing was really bad during the game. He did go to try assist for Jesse Arthurs at one point in the game as well. Um, but yeah, only getting a 47. Tom Flagler, who I do have in my team, crawled his way to a 44. Uh, you know, had him a bit of a stop gap, you know, to play in the round 13 and hopefully get me to 45 to 50. So I'm not kind of unexpected uh, with that score. But, you know, obviously I probably would have preferred maybe a 55. And the minutes probably aren't quite what I was expecting as well. Um, and Pelesio with a 39, you know, definitely is a cheapie to watch and he's coming off an 81 from last week. Let's see how the team will uh, shape up for this week in the round 13 bye week. Um, but those were probably the most notable performances out of this game. The Melbourne Storm just, you know, clicked into gear and again, just continue their run of scoring at least 40 points against opposition. And with the game against the Titans next week in round 13, I think we can expect that trend to continue. So the first game of Friday was Cowboys taking the Warriors in what was again a thrilling, thrilling game. Cowboys taking this one out 29 points to 28. Um, The star of the show for the Cowboys was Val Holmes here coming over with 100 just after getting 138 last week. I would expect him to be playing for Queensland instead of Origin, but he's definitely cemented himself now. I think as a gun, um, center wing to get into our teams. The best time would probably be as soon as you can, uh, when he is playing. So probably round fourteen, round fifteen. You know, I think is a good good time to get um Val Holmes into the squad. Uh, I'm not sure what the Cowboys draw is um in the in that little period, but the way that he's going, you know, even in tougher opposition games, he's still coming over with like fifties and sixties because he has got that like, goal kicking benefit. And the Cowboys have shown that ability to score quite a few points as well. So I think Val Holmes is looking definitely like a gun. Center wing to go for, um, and let's just talk about that field goal that he hit at the end of the game. I've, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a field goal like st- field goal struck that well. You know, he kicked it from like around the forty-meter line, and it was just soaring. It was a, going up as it passed the goalpost. It was incredible. Hamaso Tabuai also scored that winning try as well. Uh, well, winning, he scored the try to get the uh, Cowboys. Um, Tied, getting a 71, and Reese Robson has actually been ticking on, uh, ticking along very well with a 68 here. Could be a potential consideration for a round 17 um, playing um, hooker. The options at the moment there aren't very good, given that you know Harry Grant's probably going to be playing Origin and we're going to be losing all our guys like a Reid Miney, Jaden Brayley, Connor Watson. Reese Robson could be the guy to fill in that position um, come round 17, um, and Jay Clifford with a 67. Although it looks like he is now off to the Newcastle Knights. Um, So he might flourish there as well, but again, he did pretty well, definitely someone to monitor as well, I think based on, um, I can't actually remember what he's priced at, but let's see how, I wouldn't probably advise just jumping on him just because he's moved to the Knights. The Cowboys overall are probably going better than the Knights as it is. Scott Drinkwater, uh, Scott Drinkwater as well has been ticking along, Um, coming over the 62, um, and th- those are probably the best performers out of the Cowboys on the Warriors side of things, um, you know, Reece Walsh again had a great game scoring in 83, you know, he had that runaway try um, down the left side and again had a try assist as well. Um, so he's just looking the goods and, you know, looking actually more and more like one of these garden fullbacks. Um, and especially in round 17, you know, the Warriors will be playing that round. And after round 14, when they're versus Storm, their draw is quite good. So I think Reece Walsh is actually definitely, I think, someone we should be seriously considering if you are looking to maximise your points, because we know that the fullback spot Give so many super coach points, and I think with so many guys who are going to be missing around this period of time, with like uh, Tedesco, Pappenhausen still being out injured, uh, Tom Tavoy, which will be out on origin duty, Gutherson, we're not quite sure yet. Based on the news, I don't know the New South Wales team list yet. Um, He might miss some time as well. So, Reese Walsh, I think, is definitely a good consideration from round 14 15 um, and kicking into the round 17 bye week. Ewan Aiken as well had a good game here with uh, with a 90 because he did score a try. Marcelo Montoya as well with an 82. Wade Egan uh, 76. Um, Murdoch Marcella again, it seems like he always is able to nab a try. Coming over the 63 here. Uh, And Cody Nicarima and Tuvasa Shek pretty steady. Nicarima with a 61 and Tuvasa Shek with a 60. Um, Toby Harris had his lowest game of the season with a 58, just showing how consistent he is. Um, You know, 58 as his lowest score of the season, you'd happily take that. And I think he's definitely looking like probably a prime candidate. Um, in round fourteen and fifteen, in this fifty-eight, I can't remember quite what his break-even was, but his, you might see his price drop a little bit. So he could be a decent pickup then in round fourteen and fifteen for a little bit of a cheaper price, and you you can lock him in for, uh, into your side uh, for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. And those are the most notable players I think to talk about in this game. It was a really great game to watch, you know, full of points, full of excitement as well. I can't believe Harris Tavita missed that f- uh, field goal at the end of the game. You know they had. F- They used up all of their tackles in the set, and it was right in front, only 20 metres out, and he misses it to the left. And then Holmes just steps up and says, let me show you how to take a field goal, and absolutely nails it. It was a great game to watch as a neutral supporter. So the second game on the Friday was the West Tigers take on the Dragons, and the Tigers taking this one out pretty comfortably in the end, 34 points to 18. The Dragons did score some late tries, which probably reflects the scoreline on them a little bit better, but really it was the Tigers' show the whole time. On the Dragons side, I think you know, Corey Norman and Ben Hunt were the best performers, Norman with 107, which is a big, big score, but I will note that a lot of that was kind of like these late junk time tries. You know, he had a try assist for Ben Hunt, and that really did bump up his score, and Ben Hunt scored a try to get to, uh, to get to an 83. Um, Jackson Ford is actually looking pretty decent. You know, he scored a sixty-seven. And he scored a sixty last week. Um, I think it looks like Tarek Sims is actually potentially going to be in the New South Wales origin squad, given the lack of back row options um, based on suspensions and injuries that New South Wales is currently facing. So Tarek Sims with a 66, you know, that potentially might even open up more minutes again in the back row and the uh, middle uh, for the Dragons. So I think Jackson Ford, I can't actually remember where he played in this game, whether it was in the middle or the edge. Someone in the comments below, if you want to help me out, that'd be really appreciated. (laughs) But, you know, coming off a 60 and a 67, he will play round 13. Um, Probably not an amazing pick, but, you know, he might be, if he can knock down some extra minutes and get his weight to like 60 to 65 a week, he could be a handy play in the second row forward. Um, and Jared Beal coming back, you know, I didn't note him in my team this Tuesday, but coming back after such a long time and in, back into the NRL, he, lo- he slotted straight into the Dragons um, team and scored a 60, which is handy enough as it is. Um, and those are the guys who performed over 60, Andrew McCullough with the 57, I'm going to guess about 45 to 50 of that is basically just tackles. That's really all he does so far. He did, Although he did have um, a couple of nice kicks as well. Um, on the Tigers side of things, you know, Dan Laurie was a star of the show for them. You know, scoring a try and having a hand in a couple as well, coming away with 117. So he's shown to have a really, really high ceiling. You know, obviously playing out of fullback, they definitely do benefit out of their sweeping plays. So 117, obviously, if you've held him to this point, you're not going to get rid of him next week when he plays in the round 13 bye week. Um, the draw for the Tigers is really, really tough, though. You know, they've got the Panthers next week in round 13, although it will be an understrength Panthers team. Um, and then I think they've got, I can't remember in any particular order, but it's like Melbourne, uh, Souths, and then Eels, I think, up until round 17, where they buy. So definitely, you know, worthwhile considering whether you sell Laurie or not, you know, to capitalize on the best draw for other players, like potentially a Laurie to a Val Holmes. The way I see it, though, you know, in this tough games, you know, Laurie... He has shown the ability to still score pretty decent. I think it's not a bad idea to just hold in, in your you know, not in your seventeen, you know, don't play him on the mat based on those matchups. But you know, just keep him in your you know reserve sec, um, reserve centre wing, sorry, um, and play on the matchups when the games do get a bit better. So I think he's shown an ability to average pretty well, and I don't think there's any need to kind of force him out of the team. Um, I think he's shown that he can get these good points, even maybe in tough games as well. Uh, Tommy Tilau to in this game also had a try and a trice, a couple of tries of his own as well on his way to a big ninety six. Adam Dewey had a great game playing at centre, actually, um, coming over with an 83. He did have a try assist um, to James Roberts, and he also had a bunch of points in goal-kicking, given the Tigers put on 34 points. So he um, helped himself uh, help, helped himself to 83, which is a really great game, after a 45 last week. So definitely good for anyone who's still held on, um, held him to this point as well. And I maybe argue a similar thing with, um, you know, Dan Laurie in terms of, do we, you know, maybe he might not be the best hold in these tougher games, but I think he's shown it enough. You know, I think even up until this point, early in the season, in tough games for the Tigers, you know, he was still scoring around the 50, 60, and he had that capability to go at 80. Although that was playing a five eight, so that is a little bit different. Definitely something to keep in mind though, whether you're going to hold or sell with these tough games, uh, tough games coming up. And James Roberts with an 82, you know, scored a double, probably doing what everyone was hoping for when everyone had him in their uh, starting team. You know, playing on the wing actually looked like he maybe was able to obviously get on the end of a couple of tries, and that new haircut of his might have helped. Luciano de Lua had a great game uh, with a 75 and you know, looking damaging as he always does. And Nofaluma with a 60, you know, that did include a try. His base definitely does look like it's a bit down, because I think we were seeing last year, if he was going to try, Nofaluma was probably cracking the 70 to 75. So his base does look a little bit down, but again, a 60, I'll take that in my center wing. And I guess the other only kind of player to note is maybe a Sean Bloor coming with a 23. He's not proven yet to be the kind of, you know, genuine cash cow option. Obviously, if you've got him in your team, you know, you hold, you hold him for round 13 and hopefully he gives you maybe a 25 to 30 points. But wouldn't be looking to rush him into the team anytime soon unless we see him getting a, a little bit more minutes as he's currently still coming off the bench for the Tigers. So the first game on Super Saturday was the Panthers taking the Bulldogs with the Panthers taking this one out. Pretty comfortably, 30 points to four. Although I think many people, like myself, were probably hoping for the Panthers to put on maybe 50, because a lot of people would have had Captain Nathan Cleary, and he came over with an 80 with some suspect try assist attacking points in here. Um, this is all pre-updates as well, so we'll see if whether he loses that any updates down. Although we have seen Cleary to be a bit of a unicorn when it comes to the uh, Super Coach points. Um, but yeah, so 80 as captain, you know, we'll touch on the Manly game. I think a lot of people. Yeah, in retrospect, an eighty. You'd probably take that this week, but in any given week, you know, we're hoping for 100, 120 plus. I think from our captain. So the eighty is a little bit underwhelming from Cleary, but if that's his floor, obviously you really would, you know, you're really comfortable with that. Um, Charlie Sands, I didn't play him this week. Um, in retrospect, obviously I probably would have played him, uh, but you know, scoring a double coming over the ninety-two, looking like a great. Um, you know, still a great moneymaker as well moving forward, um, and I think very, very easy. You know, I don't play him in my 17, so I think if you don't play him in your 17, he's probably an easy enough sell. Given that he's probably almost peaked in price, I'm um, definitely a good stepping stone to like a Val Holmes kind of center wing. Definitely probably the play that I'm going to be looking to do. Given that, you know, he still has like has the capability to put on these big scores, and I think actually, I mean, I might I might backtrack just on what I just said. You know, with easy games for the Panthers, you know, if he is able to nab a try or a two, you know, every other game, he'll probably hover around the same price and could be a handy play based on matchups um, but the way that I've structured my center wing I've, ten- I've made it so that I don't play stains but maybe that was the wrong way to do it I don't know <laughs> Stephen Crichton as well was on the end of an, of an amazing Panthers um, team try um, scoring a 79 to finish the game James Fisher-Harris, again, doing doing pretty solid as well in second row forward and front row forward with a 69, definitely looking like one of the better front row forward options for round 13. Um, and Matt Burton, who I did trade in actually for Sam Walker, um, I didn't put out a video on my trade this week, I was kind of, you know, I wasn't at home essentially this whole weekend, um, but Matt Burton, you know, I was I thought about it with Sam Walker being arrested for this week, I decided to bring in Matt Burton at least to get, you know, Sam Walker we're going to miss this week and next week, Matt Burton's going to play the next three, although this is pending any New South Wales Origin team, so famous last words. If maybe he's named the 18th man, but I thought it'd be a good matchup against the Bulldogs, and he came away with the uh, you know with the um, try contribution or try assist uh, for that Stephen Crichton try. So come away with a 60, very handy. and I'll happily take that. And Brian toto with the 56 again, just doesn't seem to put in a bad uh, bad shift. Always comes away with a pretty decent game, even if it's not scoring a try. 56, I'd probably take that. Spencer Lienio with a thirty-seven that did include a try, so again, you know, good for any of us owners who are hoping to play him in round thirteen. Hopefully, get some extra minutes, as you'd expect. You know, Isaiah Yo to go away with the uh, New South Wales team, potentially uh, Liam Martin as well. Um, and then I guess a big disappointment here—a uh, disappointment here for the Panthers uh, was Villarma kick out only with a 32, and Jerome Luai just—I w- don't know what is going on here. You know, only a 17-point effort. I wasn't able to watch this whole game. I was only able to watch some uh, some extended highlights. So, guys, let me know in the comments below if it's you know if you saw was it a case of say Luai just you know the balls just weren't going to the left side, for example, And maybe Cleary is just kind of dominating the ball a little bit more. And I think this is probably the concern a lot of people might have had uh, to begin the season. You know with Penrith being so dominant and Cleary being so dominant, would Luai and Cleary take away each other's points? We saw at the start of the season, both were able to get a lot of points. You know, Luai was racking up triassists, Cleary would just rack up goal, um, you know, some triassists of his own as well, and goal kick points. So both are doing really, really well. But we see now in the last kind of few weeks that Cleary is taking com- um, completely over and Luai is just the one who's suffering. Only 17 points here. And I think this really stings. I think a lot of people would have tra- uh, traded like Cam Munster uh, to Jerome Luai. I-, I got on Jerome Luai a little bit earlier in the season. I didn't get his really, really big games where he- I think he scored like 128. I've had some serviceable games out of him. So I'm not as disappointed with the 17-point effort. But if you have done the kind of that recent trade and he's really not done the business, I think he's been averaging like 23 over the last few weeks, which is not ideal at all. Uh, on the Bulldog side of things, we see Josh Jackson as a high scorer here with a 61, Luke Thompson with a 60. Um, I don't actually quite um, know what the minutes were for this game. Definitely something I'll look into um, and I'll probably touch on maybe in my um, next video as well. But I'll have a look and see what Thompson's minutes were and how he kind of you know performed uh, with uh, you know, Josh Jackson and Jack Hetherington in the team. But a 60-point effort in a losing side you know, for a front report probably you would take that. Um, And the next best effort was from Adam Shoop, who got A58. William Hoppawati with a 49. Again, just not too much to talk about here with the Bulldogs, I think, from a uh, Supercoach point of view. Um, I think Josh Jackson and Luke Thompson are probably your best bets. It's kind of just like guys who are going to play decent minutes and playing in the middle just rack up a lot lot of tackles and run meters um, and get their way to a 60 to 65 point average. So the second game on Super Saturday was the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Parramatta Eels, with the Rabbitohs blowing the Eels out of the park, winning this game. 38 points to 20. Looking at the extended highlights of this one, again, it just looked like the left side of the Rabbitohs was clicking into full gear. Um, I didn't watch all the full um, games, so I don't quite know you know, if this was just the impact of Cam Murray, but it definitely you know, it seems Cam Murray's back in the team and all of a sudden scoring a lot of points, so I don't know if that was the main reason why, or it just seemed like you know, the, the Eels weren't playing very good defense, probably a bit of a mix of both. Dan guy stole the show here in terms of Supercoach with a massive 163. I think he scored a double, and he had a few tries as well. So a really, really big game from him. Alex Johnson as well scored a double, coming out with 146, so a big, big game. Or was it a hat-trick? Actually, it might have been a hat-trick for Johnson, sorry. Um, so 146, again, just, you know, he has these really, really high ceiling games. Damien Cook finally coming in with a big, big game. I'm not sure if anyone still held him to this point, if they have. Uh, you know, congrats, he's come away with a big 103, although you're probably going to be losing him from state of origin now for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, he did score a try that, I think he did have a try assist as well, you know, throwing the line break as well. So a very, very big game from him. Cody Walker and 85 probably with a couple of try assists as well. The troll you know, 77, again, similar deal. These are all the guys who are playing on the left, you know, the troll, Cody Walker, Alex Johnson, guys. So it just seemed like that side of the field um, was a fuel day for the Rabbitohs. And it doesn't surprise me because that's the uh, Eels right side. And that's got like Wonga Blake, Blake Ferguson. You know, Wonga Blake, I just don't see why, you know, the coach is persisting with him. I see on Twitter a lot of Eels fans are really, really not happy with Wonga Blake. You know, he he just seems to be, he's a black hole in attack. You know, he doesn't seem to be passing the ball out uh, to Ferguson. And then it seems like they leak a lot of points on his side. And I'd be very surprised if he continues in that starting role moving forward. Um, Kilomotangi as well was a very good performer for the Rabbitohs, coming out with a 76, Um, and those were the really big performances um, on the Rabbitohs side of things from a super coach perspective. On the Eel side of things, again, you know, not very much to speak of. They were completely outplayed in this game, really. Reed miney with a 54, uh, probably from like maybe 50 tackles. I think I'm just going to assume that he made a bunch of tackles. Uh, Ferguson actually had a you know decent game coming out of this pretty poor effort from the Eels with a 54. Um, and uh, Clint Gutherson uh, with the 54, that did include the first try of the game. But again, it's just not showing the, quite the ceiling that we saw in the first couple of weeks um, when we, like, a lot of people like myself probably brought him in. So it's really been a hard watch in the past few weeks, especially owning Gutherson versus like a Tommy Turbo who's been racking up tons for fun. Um, and Gutherson has been chipping away with some 54s and like an 80 and a 90 every now and then, which is obviously not bad. But in the current super coach climate, it's not quite enough out of your fullback. Um, Zay also with a 52 that did include a sin bin but he did repay some of that back with a try as well so again he's happily just ticking along with some attacking stats you know 52 obviously is not ideal but given that he was sin binned i'll happily take a 52 um, and no one else in the eel side got about 50 points, which shows how, you know, outplayed they were this match. You know, Mike Siva scored a try on his way to a 49. Nathan Brown, a 49 as well. Mitch Moses with a 46. So again, he's kind of not maybe doing the best option that we could have been for a round 13 playing halfback. Um, I think Jerome Hughes is probably definitely a better better buy in that sense. Um, and Ryan Madison, you know, he also got a sin bin in this game. Um, and I think there might potentially be some concerns over a potential suspension for him. You know, the way that everything's going with sin bins and suspensions, wouldn't be surprised. Cause I think he did... Um, hit the guy with his shoulder to the head, I, don't know, I, I watched, only watched the replay once, so I don't you know quite remember if that was the case, so he only scored 40 points, um, so I'm definitely keen to see as well if he's suspended or if he gets named in the New South Wales team, because um, he's definitely someone you, know, you can lock in as a season-long keeper, but he has had a few down weeks, and someone like me who hasn't uh, bought him into the team yet, definitely means I can wait on him and maybe he'll hopefully pick him up even cheaper than what he currently is. So, the final game of Super Saturday was the Sydney Roosters taking on the Canberra Raiders, with the Roosters being very, very comfortable winners here, uh, taking this one out 44 points to 16. Uh, the best performers uh, out of the Roosters here was Tilly Tupinou scoring a double on his way to an 86, Josh Morris with an 83, and Joey Manu uh, filling in at 5'8 with the um, absence of uh, Sam Walker. Um, he did very well with an 80. That did include a try as well. Tedesco coming away with a 79, you know, he did look very involved as well, but just didn't quite have the kind of high ceiling game. And especially in a game where, you know, they scored 44 points to the Roosters, you know, a bit of a low effort. Obviously, Tedesco did miss some time. He had a bit of a hit point to injury potentially that might have affected him for the rest of the game uh, but 79 you know based on you know the kind of the week I think that was in Supercoach it wasn't a lot of really really big scores from your real popular players so I think 79 actually is probably a better game from him compared to some of the other guys. Joseph Sawali as well scored his first try in NRL uh, coming away with 79, um, you know, definitely is looking like a great kind of, you know, cheaper to go for. Obviously, the Roosters buy this week, which is great. But if he's named again in round 14 or, you know, any, any other time down the line, uh, he will be playing his third game at, at that point in time. So he's definitely like, looking like a great pickup and hopefully should make a stack of cash. And you know, I'm already eyeing up like a Dave for move out to a uh, Joseph Swali to make a bit of money. Um, and hopefully he'll be a decent cash cow if he gets some extended run of games. And hopefully in the state of origin period, that might be the case uh, uh Warrior Hargraves as well uh, with 62 uh, was a good performer for the Roosters as well as uh, Daniel Tupo with a 59 uh, that did include a try I am regretting kind of going getting uh, Ikevalu um, instead of Tupo. the reason I didn't go for Tupou was that I thought he had Potential shot at playing in the New South Wales team and so I wanted to go for Icovalo and I really look, I really like the look at the Roosters uh, right side um, so I went with Icovalo but he didn't have you know a great game for super coach only 22 points so that really does sting um, and he hasn't really done a, a lot in the past couple of weeks as well um, he did have a decent game the first week I traded him in for 73 but I haven't quite seen the high ceiling game that I was hoping from him and the Roosters kind of run coming up after the Titans isn't the best um, but we've got Soyosu Soyo as well with a fifty, so he's been kind of chugging along with his fifty scores for the past few weeks. Um, you know, selling him for Flegler. You know, I did say waste a trade, but you know, Flegler has been coming over the forty-four, so really the points difference isn't that much. Um, and I did save some, I did create some money doing that trade. Got an extra round thirteen playing number, although Flegler might play for Queensland apparently, so we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, again, just kind of ticking along, and without the goal kicking, probably isn't looking like. Uh, you know, the front row forward keeper that we were hoping for. On the Raiders side of things, Josh Hodson had a good game with a try and I think a, try, a couple of tries of his own as well on his way to a 93. Um, CHN, Corey Harunara, he's actually proven me wrong. You know, I'm happy to put my hand up on that. He's done really, really well uh, in the past few weeks. Definitely is looking like he's locked down that 80 minute roll on the edge for the Raiders. Um, and he's putting out really, really good base. I think he scored about 60 points in base this game, uh, throwing some attacking stats in terms of, say, offloads, et cetera, um, and some um, tackle breaks, and he got his way to an 82. So he's definitely looked like a great kind of mid-range second or forward to go for. Congrats to anyone who got him on at 302K. Um, you know, I do want to take the risk, but I am more comfortable now, I think, um, getting him into the team. So he's definitely looked like a great play in the Round 17 uh, uh, bye week with the Raiders will play. Um, and the Raiders draw actually, I think from round fourteen is really really nice. So we might see some extra attacking stats from Corey Ira. So I think he's looking like a great trading target from round fourteen and fifteen as well. Um, you know, say for example, a Mitch Barnett to a Corey Harunaira could be a decent trade if you're kind of fed up uh, with Barnett's minutes and his um, you know, his role in the current Knights team. Um, so he looks like a great trading target. Um, CHN, I think that is. Um, and Corey Horsborough with uh, with scoring a try here as well on his way to a sixty nine. Um, those are the best performances out of the Raiders, given that they got pretty thoroughly beat in this, um, in this uh, instance. Uh, Ryan James, you know, a bit of a mixed night. I think he got a sin bin, um, then he also scored a try. Uh, so he got on his way to a 48, which I'm glad to see. You know, I didn't play him, uh, but, you know, hopefully that 48, I think might have been just a bit above his break even. So hopefully he'll go up a little bit in cash, but at the moment... I might, you could just be a hold up until round 17. I don't even know um, until I find a better opportunity potentially to sell. But apart from that, there wasn't really much else to talk about on the Raiders side of things. I got thoroughly beat by the Roosters in this game. So the first game on Sunday was the Canola Sharks taking on the Gold Coast Titans up in Cross Harbour. And the Sharks won this game pretty comfortably, 38 points to 10. Uh, the Titans were able to get the early try through Brian Kelly, but again, He was on like I think you know twenty points or something like that after the first ten minutes, and he's finished on thirty. You know I think he scored like ten points in the last like in the whole seventy-five minutes. So really, really um, disappointing from him given the start that he had to this game. And overall, that was the Titans really in this match. You know they really just you know took their foot off the pedal after that start uh, early start getting the try, Um, and the Sharks were just way too good for them piling on the points. And the Titans' defense is definitely looking very, very leaky. So definitely a team to target I think for your attacking players. The best performer out of the Titans was Dave Fafida, making his uh, making his return from his two-week suspension no, on his way to a 91, just showing his ridiculous floor. I think he had like 15 tackle breaks, according to the stats here, so we got 30 points just in tackle breaks, which is ridiculous. Um, I think he got a line break assist as well um, on his way to a 91. So, you know, that's well below his break even of 150, I think it was, or 147. Uh, but again, just showing he's probably the, you know, hands down, the best second row forward to go for. But now with this tricky origin period coming up, I wouldn't be rushing him into the team. Hopefully he goes down in price and we can see how he backs up, or if he backs up at all, from the state of origin games. Mo Awaker also putting in a nice game, uh, with a, coming with a line break as well and some tackle breaks on his way to an 81. That's two good games back to back from him. Definitely a decent consideration moving forward. Although I fully expect Fodowaker to be named in the Queensland origin team. So definitely not a consideration, I think, for um, in the near term. But in the future, potentially he could be a decent front-row forward proposition as well. Kevin Proctor scored a try at the end of the game for a 77, but I don't think he's going to be too heavily owned. I and mean, that was really it, I think, from the Titans. I think in terms of you know real good performances. You know, Tino scored a 50 in this game, so a bit of a bit of a down game after his good game from last week. And he'll likely be playing State of Origin for the Queensland Maroons as well. And apart from that, we've touched on Brian Kelly you know, with his 30-point effort. Uh, Tamar Fogarty with a 17, not great from him. Um, AJ Brimson obviously got an injury in this game, so he was only able to score a 10. Um, so that definitely does throw a spanner in the works as well for Queensland, based on how quickly he, he can recover from his injury. Um, on the Sharks side of things, obviously a lot of good performances here given that they score 38 points. You know, Jesse Raymond with a big, big 106. Um, I've kind of touched on him previously as a decent pod. He scores pretty decent points in terms of his base attack. Um, and the Sharks' draw as well is really, really good from round 14. Definitely firming up a great trading target around that period of time, um, and he will play in the round 17 bye week. So if you're looking to you know shore up your center wing, maybe if you're offloading, say, like a Charlie Staines, uh, a switch to a Jesse Raymond could be a decent move, with the Sharks draw being pretty de- uh, decent from round 14 onwards from memory. Uh, Mulitalo scored a double here on his way to a big 94. Matt Moylan had a really good game as well with an 88. I don't know how long people might have been holding him for, but he's had a pretty decent uh, fortnight in terms of supercoach points. Connor Tracy as well scoring a try on his way to a nice eighty-three. Jack Williams scoring a try in the second round forward, um, for a 76. Sean Johnson who's pulling all the strings um, only coming away uh coming away with a 68. Definitely, a very, very an enticing proposition. I think at halfback and 5'8". Uh, you know, we everyone knows the capability of him uh, for super coach points. Given that he also goal kicks as well, I think he kicked seven from seven today. Um, the sixty-eight points are very, very handy. I definitely just want to see a consistent run of games because he has had that niggling, um, you know, some niggling injuries as he's come back from his you know major layoff. And I think I want to see him kind of really fit and firing before I want to get him into the team. But I think if you're looking to take a punt on him, there's worse place to punt on. I think than Sean Johnson. Uh, and Blake uh, Blake Braley also scored a try on his way to a sixty three. Um, his brother, you know, he outperforming his brother just uh, just a little bit in SuperCoach for this week. And the final game of the round was the Newcastle Knights taking on the Manly Sea Eagles, um, and the Knights winning this one in a bit of an upset, eighteen points to ten. You know, the Knights didn't have Kalen Ponga in this game, and the Sea Eagles have been fitting have been firing in the past few weeks. Um, so it was really a bit of an upset for the Knights to win this game. Dan Safiti was their best performer scoring in 92, just looked really, really busy um, with his workload and also scored a really late try at the end of the game to seal the win for the Knights, so a really big game from him. Connor Watson is just proving to be an, an absolute gun um, and uh, like a real, you know, a, a Mr. Fix-It uh, for the Knights, you know. Uh, Kurt Mann was a late out for the Knights in this game, so he filled in at five eight. And I think Taxway, sorry, he um had to be out of the game for the last ten to fifteen minutes. So Connor Watson, you know, slots in at fullback and just plugs any um any gap that the Knights have. And he came away with a massive eighty points here. I um, mean, just always very very busy. Has decent base stats. Um, late on the trices for Suaso Su, who scored a sixty-two points. So Connor Watson looking like a great consideration. Depends how long term this injury is for Kurt Mann. I don't believe it was a very long term injury; it's more of a short term one. Connor Watson though is looking like a great hold for round thirteen, potentially even moving forward because the options at hooker are, are pretty thin. and I've currently got enlisted at, at that position. Um, obviously, his minutes is a concern as well. Um, you know, he probably got he definitely was um, you know made got took the advantage sorry of playing at five eight in the starting lineup versus you know coming off the bench for forty minutes. I think this definitely helped Mitch Barnett as well, scoring his 60 points, definitely his best game in a few weeks, and he probably played some extra minutes here. Uh, Dave Klemmer had a good game with a 54. You know, he had a lot of a lot of work rate right in this game, but he did have a sin bin at the very, very end of the match, so that, that definitely did, you know, knock 10 points off his output. Um, And Tyson Frizzell had a decent game with a 52, although there there is concern over his, um, he got an ankle injury at the end of the game, Um, so definitely someone to watch, especially as a New South Wales supporter, obviously I want him in the team, and the back row spots for the New South Wales are looking a little bit slim at the moment. And Jaden Braley, he wasn't looking that great, all that great, but a 51 effort 51-point uh, effort, sorry. You know, that did include a very, very late triassist and line breakers for Dan Safidi at the end of the game. I was happily going to take those 20 extra points of junk. Uh, you know, he wasn't looking very good, which is surprising. You would think that. His game is predicated based on just making a lot of tackles, but the past few weeks has definitely been a bit down. But a 51, happily will take those junk points at the end of the game. And Bradman Best as well, no real attacking stats for him apart from like a line break assist, on his way to a 51, definitely showing he's got that really high floor in terms of his base stats, um, so definitely good output from him, he's just not quite crashing over for the tries at this point in time. On the Sea Eagle side of things, the best performer for them was Lawton with an 83, Jake Devorovic just going through a mountain of work as he always does on his way to a 58. You know, Josh Schuster was a late out for the um, Sea Eagles as well, which I think has definitely burnt a lot of players as well. I fortunately was able to take the reserve off Josh Schuster and put it on Connor Watson, which really worked out for me because I wasn't going to actually reserve Connor Watson this week um, if Schuster was named, so that definitely saved me a little bit in that Connor Watson performed really, really well. But I know a lot of people had to cop in an auto-emergency score based on Schuster being a late out this game. Hopefully he's back for us in the next few weeks as well, or next few weeks. He won't play in round 13. I want him back in round 14, though, as my 5-8 reserve. Um, Marty Tapao as well with a 53 you know he had definitely got some interest I think at Front Row forward because he's had a few good games um, in the past like a month or so he did get you know, that sin bin as well which you know the controversy side we won't really go that much into it um, that definitely did affect his scores a, a bit as well on his way to a 53 um, Ruben Garrick with a 47 you know probably not quite the high upside game that everyone was hoping for when they brought him into their team this week if you know if you went for Ruben Garrick uh you know I think the whole game was a bit of an upset for Manly uh, and the way the Knights have been performing I think a lot of people were hoping and predicting a big Manly win and the biggest you know underperformer I guess out of this is Tom which um as a non-owner I'm very happy to see a 34 I was in the, I was driving back home checking my scores uh, not driving sorry I don't I don't condone looking at your phone I was sitting in the passenger seat uh, and I was looking at the score at halftime and I saw he was on seven and I was like Oh my god this is amazing you know all these captain all these uh tommy turbo captains. you know finally they got my that pain when i captained uh, tedesco when he scored 17 or something but obviously we know the how Toby turbo is he can easily rack up the points in like 20 minutes he might easily go on to like a 60 70 point game um only finished with a 34. it didn't include a um line break assist for Ruben garrick but overall fairly quiet game you know he can't be scoring tons every single game surely not um, so this was definitely a down game from him definitely would have been disappointing I think a lot of people would have gone for that vice captain Nathan Cleary and captain Tommy Turbo played this week and it just hasn't come off of you which is really unfortunate only with a 34 point effort in this game Jason Saab with a 42 though you no know, ticking along scored another long range try uh, showing his speed in this game but only a 42 for uh, for him Um, And Ben Chavoy, which was probably the bane of any vice-captain loopholers, you know, I was one of them. I had the opportunity to vice-captain loophole um, Nico Hines um, from the Warriors game, because they had Josh Curran and Dave Fusatua. Um, but I decided, you know, I'll go with the cleary one. But then I couldn't even make that decision later because it was, um, the word was coming out that which was actually going to make his de- de- uh, debut on the bench. Um, and I didn't really want to cop his auto emergency score. So I think it was going to be, as it was going to be really low. I wasn't expecting him to play only that many minutes and only get a five-point game. But coming off the bench, we're not quite sure how many minutes he was going to get. So I decided to knock out with a loop. Um, and probably actually, to be honest, maybe with this, I have another calculation. Uh, but with this auto emergency score of five from Tavoyevich, um might not have been uh, the worst, de- uh, worst decision uh, to not do the vice-captain loop. But yeah, overall, very, very um, a bit of an upset game for the Knights. Uh, a good game for them coming into the state of origin period where you would expect them um, to lose a few key players like Dan and Ties Brazil if he is fit to play. Well, that's it guys that is the roundup number 12 hopefully you guys had a decent week let me know in the comments below as well what you scored who your captain was definitely want to see how everyone predict um, how everyone uh, performed this week not predicted um, I, as I said I'm on 1188 pre-updates hopefully I can crack the 1200 that's definitely probably looking like a bit of a pass score you know I didn't I captain Cleary so obviously a lot of people would have had that same um, problem as well with only him scoring in 80 but I think a lot of people might have done worse captaining turbo um, so if guys if that was one of you share that share the pain with me in the comments we've all been there in the past so um you know just let me know how you guys performed um, and if you guys enjoyed the video we'd really appreciate a thumbs up and, um, and do please consider subscribing as well as i put more videos out through the through the 2021 supercoach season but until then see you guys in the next video